Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 29th, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma-fucking Gettys. Bless, before we went live, I was just saying, this is the longest it's ever been that me and you haven't talked in it feels weird years because you went to, to vegas last weekend so you missed uh monday's games daily i had to miss games cast and then just there was no other thing in between that we got to hang out so here we are on a friday closing it out yeah i sat down in front of you and i was like oh, i missed this like i haven't yeah. had like one-on-one time with tim it feels weird because like most of our one-on-one time is us doing kfgd right or it's, it's us doing games cast or something else right and like with that you know obviously we're work from home and so i don't see we don't pass or cross paths yeah. in the studio so like to sit down with you after probably like a week or so of not talking to you i'm like oh shit i'm glad Let's to be go. here like, i'm glad to talk to tim finally again how you been i'm doing fantastic and i can't wait to talk about the news today especially because we're talking about final fantasy 16 Oh, yeah, we are talking about Final Fantasy 16. Tim, we're also going to talk about uh, an update on the PS Plus debacle, everything we've been talking about for the last couple of days. And we're going to talk about more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcasts or around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show Housekeeping for you, a new episode of PS I Love You XOXO is live right now, and it's us talking about the storm of PlayStation news happening leading into the PS Plus revamp. You can catch that right now on YouTube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Pranksy, and Anonymous. Today brought to you by Brother Printers, Lumenskin, and Razor, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Tim alluded to it earlier. Final Fantasy 16 is in the final stages of development. This is Ryan Dinsdale of the Dinsdale Dimodome over there at IGN. Uh, final Fantasy 16's producer, Naoki Yoshida, has said the game is in its final stages of development. Yoshida confirmed the progress in a pamphlet that accompanied the franchise's official clothing line, translated by Twitter user <laughs> at... <laughs> that's a funny way to get it, right? Yeah. Uh, translated by Twitter user at Itaki, or Itaiki uh, Mochi, saying, quote, we're in the final stages of development for the numbered game in the series Final Fantasy 16, end quote. <laughs> Yoshida added that he he thinks the game's story, which is obviously a very different experience from Final Fantasy 14 Online, which he also produces, is a fleshed out experience that'll bring older fans back. 
Quote, unlike an online game that involves many players at the same time, Final Fantasy 16 offers a different experience where it focuses on the individual player and immerses you in the story, he said per the translation. Quote, for those who have grown up and realized that reality isn't kind to you and have drifted away from Final Fantasy, we hope that Final Fantasy 16 will be a game that can bring back anew the passion that you once had with the series. End quote. Yoshida has been fairly open about the game's development li uh, timeline. He said in July last year that the story in English voiceover was almost complete, but the game was later delayed as a result of COVID-19. He also promised that a big reveal would take place in spring of this year, meaning it may not be long before fans find out when they can expect to play the game. Given that Final Fantasy XVI's development is in its final stages and 2022 marks the franchise's 35th anniversary, it would certainly make sense for Square Enix to release the first mainline entry since 2016 this year. Tim, do you buy it? Are we going to get Final Fantasy XVI this year? I definitely think that there's a chance. And I feel like a broken record at this point saying this, but there's so many game developers out there that are just trying their best. And if they're saying it, that's what they believe is going to happen. So many things can get in the way of that actually occurring. But I do think that as of this point in time, if the producer, not just the producer, if this man, we know this man, if he's say, talking like this, I have more faith than I did yesterday, for sure. Uh, I definitely have excitement. Final Fantasy 16, from everything we've seen, looks really interesting and really cool. Um, I'm extremely excited for it, specifically because I am not an MMO guy, but I hear the love that Final Fantasy 14 gets, and it is really due to a lot of the same creative team that are working on 16. Taking the, the amazing story and characters that I hear about from 14, but applying that to a single-player core numbered final fantasy title uh is really really exciting to me i really enjoyed 15 i wanted to enjoy it more than i did i feel like so many of its elements are absolutely fantastic and then so many of them are just a little bit messy and i think that it's the glue putting it all together that was the game's biggest downfall and even then it ends up being like an eight or something it's not like it's a bad game it's a, a great game i would say but I really wish that it was an amazing game, like a game that I, I look at as one of my favorite Final Fantasies, like a, like a 10 or a 7 or a mm. 6. Um, but with uh, 16, I think that it has a, a chance, especially with this modern era of Square, getting Final Fantasy 7 Remake, having it be as amazing as it was, uh, and going down that kind of more techie side of Final Fantasy in the single-player way is great, but having and the Nomura being involved in all, all of that. But on this side, having it be the Final Fantasy 14 team, seeing the trailers, having it be a little bit more fantasy-based, which is typically not my jam, the the more pared back, losing the, the sci-fi grungy look that a lot of the Final Fantasies have. Um, while not my preference, I have a lot of hope that this might be the one for me. Oh, interesting. You, you think because of the quality, because of the merit of the team that's working on it? Yeah, I think it's like it's going to be a focus uh, and knowing them and knowing what their goals are and how they are so story narrative focused. And if they can pull that off in an MMO, what mm. can they do in a curated single player experience? So where does this Final Fantasy game come down for you in terms of its importance of like where it, sta where, where it stands as a Final Fantasy game? Because it feels like, you know, Final Fantasy is one of those franchises that we talk about in terms of, man, it takes forever to for Final Fantasy to come out. That said, I feel like we get new Final Fantasy all the time, right? We're just coming off of Stranger of Paradise. Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO has gotten updates, like, with what feels like month to month. Maybe, that, maybe that's because I'm roommates with Michael Hyam, who doesn't stop talking about Final Fantasy because his whole job is Final Fantasy XIV, right? We get that in perpetuity. Uh, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake a couple years ago, and we're going to get Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two hopefully, in a few years, right? Or maybe sooner than later. Does Final Fantasy 16, is it like a, 
big like milestone event that is going to be a make or break final fantasy thing or like for you final is final fantasy 16 just another final fantasy that you hope to get into it's kind of in between those two i i think that it's not make or break by any means um i think it has if it's horrible i think it does have the potential to break uh but i don't think it will be i i think that there's too much going for this that i i think it's going to be more than just another final fantasy like I, these numbered titles mean something like they mean more than uh just having final fantasy it's in the a title, stranger paradise or a spin-off which, yeah, or whatever because there's a ton of spin-offs and final fantasy gets weird i mean the thing about final fantasy is they're all different you know so it's like even the numbered ones like are very varied in terms of uh their gameplay style and what type of battle system combat system they have whether it's turn-based or a little bit more active and action-based like we saw in 15 uh but when we talk about just the the core numbered titles like it it's always hard to compare to how things used to be because games are just different nowadays but when you look back to the ps1 era and like leading into even final fantasy 10 on the ps2 um we were getting a Final Fantasy like essentially annually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we were getting seven, eight, nine, like ten, like pretty much back to back to back to back. Like that is mind-blowingly insane to then move on to okay, we got thir- uh, twelve. Then there was a uh, gap to thirteen, and then there was a really big gap uh, to fifteen because we had those spaces for eleven and fourteen to be the online versions, right? So those uh, kind of caused an even bigger, it widened the gap more. And then ten got a sequel, thirteen got two sequels. Uh, so there's just a lot of things that get in the way of the, that core new experience with Final Fantasy. And so it has been many years now since we got a chord number final fantasy title so i think that there this is a much bigger deal than mm-hmm. strangers of paradise or of uh than a lot of the other titles could be even if we got like a 15 sequel like this is a bigger deal than that um mm. final fantasy 7 remake i think is uh, its own separate kind of path going on it almost on. feels like in like a, not a separate ip but it could have that kind of cachet in terms of that's doing its own thing that like core numbered final fantasy is also doing its own thing that that work works separately from that yeah Exactly. So um, I I think Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a major deal, especially if it's good. I don't think it's make or break, but I I think Mm -hmm. that it's uh, it's it's going to be something that people are going to really keep their eyes on. It's going to be a tentpole event and it's PlayStation exclusive. So that's another like big talking point. So that's actually what I want to bounce off of. Right. Given that it's a PlayStation exclusive. Two questions for you. One. When do we hear about it? You know, they talked about having more details in the spring. I'm, doing, I'm checking my, my, my calendar. I think we're in spring. <laughs> when are we going to get the update? But then also, right, like as a PlayStation exclusive, do you think we see it at a PlayStation event? Do you think we see it at like, yes. um, uh, uh, you think yes? Yes. I, I think mm-hmm. like we just got the Xbox showcase announced, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For June 12th, I think it is on, a, on that Sunday, which is the classic spot that uh, Xbox does its E3 thing. PlayStation the last couple of years has not done E3 things. They've done things a month before or a month after, whatever it is with their, their PlayStation showcases. I imagine we will get one this year. Greg and I were just talking about the fact that when you look at um, the way that Sony has been announcing and marketing its titles over the last couple of years and releasing them, they announced so much in 2020 uh, with the launch of the PS5 in yeah. terms of what phase one of PS5 looks like. It's time for phase two. Like we are ready to hear what everyone's working on again because ratchet is out demon souls is out uh god of war ragnarok will yeah, be out right like there's all, all 
exactly all those games are we they're known entities they're there they're out even on the naughty dog side last of us 2 although not a ps5 game uh was still in that conversation ghost of Tsushima, same thing in that conversation days gone we're past all that now so we need uh a, a new kind of showcase to be like and here's the the rest of the stuff coming and final fantasy 16 being something announced during those uh showcases i think now is the time that we get the more you think Final Fantasy 16, you think it is like part of that phase one still? Yes. Would you say? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was announced back then, you know? Yeah. So do you think, and we're having a good convers- conversation based off of that conversation how with Greg on PS Love You, that's up right now. You can go check it out. We were talking about like, you know, if God of War Ragnarok is the end of phase one, right? If that is the big finale to phase one, what do we expect for, for phase two? That said, do you think Final Fantasy 16 then comes before God of War Ragnarok? And I know that's a weird question because God of War Ragnarok can also move, right? Like, is that February next year or whatever? But Tim Gettys, like, where are you at with I, that? I don't think that it really matters too much, like, because I, I, especially when you look at the types of games that those are. And I do think that they're both kind of the mainstream tentpole games and Final yeah. Fantasy 16 being PlayStation exclusive, although not a PlayStation Studios title, kind of adds up and makes sense in terms of the mythos of or ethos of what um, PlayStation is is pushing there. Um, I, I think that it's going to speak very loudly to a large audience, but at the end of the day, it, it's not the God of War audience. The God of War is on a different level. And in some ways, I would look at it as, uh, and it's not a one-for-one with the phases of MCU, but you saying God of War Ragnarok being the end of phase one of the PS5, I totally agree with. But remember, Endgame happened, and then Far From Home happened after it in yeah. phase three. I can see that happen. I don't think release dates necessarily matter. God of War still will be the end of it, but something might happen after, and I wouldn't be surprised if that is Final Fantasy. Um, although Final Fantasy could come out anytime, I think, between um, September this year and March next year, and I wouldn't be surprised. So then in that case, do you think we get a summer PlayStation event that has Final Fantasy 16, or do you yes. think it's possible they wait until fall? Uh, because, like, historically, I mean historically, because it's only been, like, two years that they've been doing this, but last year we saw them do a fall event. They didn't do a summer event, right? And they, they were doing state of plays in the meantime to have their announcements or have the third-party stuff or have the indie stuff, whereas in 2020 launch of the ps5 right you had the summer event that was them revealing the ps5 and then also doing the reveal of here's miles morales here's uh, uh all these cool ps5 launch titles that were new to us at the time i think horizon might have been there too and then and then in that fall showcase is when they talked about god of war and they talked about a bunch of other things right you think we get a summer showcase for playstation yeah that's a good question and i'm trying to find out when the showcases actually happened uh yeah so there was that one seven months ago yeah. Uh, so places. That was the Wolverine Spider-Man Two one. Yeah. Uh, and then when was the PS the the original PS Five one that announced? original PS Five one was summer. I believe that was June twenty twenty. Yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like there's no patterns to really follow here. I think that especially this year being the the first year that like there is just no E three at all. Period. Yeah. Um, not even digital. I, I think kind of throws everything in an even bigger shakeup and summer game fest has more power than ever. Um, and we're now a couple years into this new world. So I imagine fingers crossed. I hope that all the developers and publishers out there have a better understanding of what to do and what not to do. Um, I think PlayStation kind of is in PlayStation and Nintendo are in very unique positions that they can do whatever the fuck they want at any time. And all of a sudden they are going to be the thing that dominates that day. So I don't think they need to really worry about strategizing around other people's events in a way that almost every other company does. Uh, but Microsoft already 
put its foot down and has its date. So now everyone else needs to kind of work around that. I think that was a really smart move on their part. So um, I don't know. My gut tells me it's going to be summer, though, because Mm -hmm. uh, we don't really we need updates on the fall for PlayStation. Yeah. So. In terms of you, we were talking about strategizing, uh, like announcements and and, um, showcase and all that stuff. Talking about strategizing release, Forspoken, that is this fall, right? That is a big Square Enix game. Do you think think they could see a reason to want to separate those? You know, having Forspoken be this fall and go, actually, let's have Final Fantasy 16 in the spring. Do you think they want to avoid that? No, Square's so weird, man. They have so many similar games that are different enough that they aren't the same thing. And Mm -hmm. um, I do think that there is power in audience. There is power in having a a brand that people know what to expect from you. And I do think it's one of those things where the people that like one of their games probably like another. Like you look at their their more intense JRPG side of things. Like the people that like Bravely Default are also probably going to be really into a lot of their other offerings. You know what I mean? It's kind of just like the the way that this works. Like they are at this point, ironically, a niche kind of uh, developer in a lot of senses. Um, That gets a little un not true when you start looking at the western side with crystal dynamics and and uh idos and all them but like i'm not talking about that i'm talking mainly about like the the square enix side of it all um but i they'll want to separate them but i don't think they need to be separated by like a year Year. or even half a year i think a couple months is is totally fine my last question on this topic right final fantasy 16 seems imminent seems like it could be a fall or early next year release where does that put final fantasy 7 remake part 2 do you think we get the announcement of that soon after Final Fantasy 16? Do you think we get that in the next few years? One of the stupidest things I, I say in terms of words, but the most powerful <laughs> things I say in terms of meaning, is the fact that I things aren't announced until they're announced. Mm. And as stupid as that sounds, mm. it's one of those things of like, Bars. I want things to be announced that are even if we all know Final Fantasy VII Part Two is coming until they officially announce it in a way of like with a with a trailer with some with some really like pizzazz. We are so much further away. So the moment it's announced, it's like then we can start hypothesizing about what it's actually going to be. But until then, it's like, oh guys, this isn't looking. Good. Until then, it feels like the ship is moving. At least when they yes. put, when they put the idea out there of hey, we're comfortable enough to put out a trailer, then you feel like the ship is moving. But mm-hmm. and with Square Enix, right? Like we know for Final Fantasy VII, they don't care how early they announce it, right? Like mm-hmm. I could easily I could easily see them going, cool, let's hold until Final Fantasy sixteen so we can put all focus on Final Fantasy sixteen, and then the E three after Final Fantasy sixteen comes out, it is okay, cool. Well, here's the debut trailer for seven remake and or seven remake part two and you're not going to get this game until 2025 or whatever like whatever actually comes out hopefully sooner than that but hey it's final fantasy it's square so you never know yeah man it's especially complicated when they announced kingdom hearts 4 and i imagine a yeah. lot of the the high up team members that are working on both projects are going to have to deal with both of them and that is mm-hmm. that's a lot and uh, there is a, a lot of worry. I don't want to go too long on this. This might be a Gamescast conversation. But, like, there's a lot of worry when it comes to both Kingdom Hearts 4 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2, where we're kind of in a unique position where both franchises are about to go off in brand new wild ways that they haven't ever before. And that requires a lot of new storytelling and new thinking that doesn't rely on just the things that came before. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's also like it's also more exciting than ever before, right? Like that's the thing is, 
I this is the first time in a while where I look at Kingdom Hearts 4 and I'm like, or I look at Kingdom Hearts and I'm like, damn, I really want to play Kingdom Hearts 4 off of that debut trailer and off of talking to you about the Virum Rex stuff and like how this is secretly linked, or not even secretly, like kind of linking back to Final Fantasy 13 versus and doing all that ape shit stuff, right? And then also me playing Final Fantasy 7 Remake and expecting it to be be my avenue into playing Final Fantasy 7 in full because, you know, back in the day, like I tried playing Final Fantasy 7, didn't stick with it. And like, as it's an older game now, so I try to go back, doesn't work. Cool. Now I can play Final Fantasy 7, 7 in remake form, get to the end, get confused, talk to you and Imran. And you, you guys are like, no, this is something completely different. This is like, mm -hmm. this is what this is. And me hearing that and going, fuck, that sounds cool. That sounds fresh. That sounds different. It sounds scary. But if they nail that stuff, right? Like that sounds, that I, I feel like they're they're doing a very fascinating thing, which is applying brand new life to these things that are rooted in such nostalgia and rooted in such fan, fandom and obsession. And it seems like people are excited, right? And I, and I know that doesn't apply to everybody. I know there are, I, I've talked to somebody recently who's like, no, man, I hated Final Fantasy VII Remake for what they did, right? And I'm sure I, I've heard the mixed things about Kingdom Hearts 3, but at least they're going for it in a way that for me on the outside looking in, I'm like, Yo, that's kind of exciting. I don't know. Like that's that that seems hype to me, but maybe that maybe I'm by myself on this. Yeah, it's it's more of a thing for me of like who is the one behind it and we'll have to go from there cuz I don't know. I don't know if yeah, these things need vision, they need intense vision and who's the one with the vision? We'll have yeah. to wait. If you don't have the vision, out. you get and I, I'm scared to invoke this, but I'm already here. You get the uh, Star Wars sequel trilogy, right? Where it Absolutely. Is, hey, where are we going to take this thing? Oh, man, it switches hands. Oh, man, we didn't have the plan, and it falls flat. But I digress on that. Where that, that is far future. That is for us to speculate over the next year. Let's talk about something that's more uh, soon to come, which is PS Plus now, or PS Plus and the revamp with story number two. Sony has confirmed it's blocked PS Plus and PS Now subscription stacking. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle, and this is, of course, coming off of the conversation we've had over the last day, uh, both on Kind of Funny Games Daily and on PS Love You XOXO, about how uh, users who have been trying to stack their PS Plus and PS Now subscriptions all of a sudden haven't been able to do so, and Sony was fairly si silent about it. They have now spoken out. Andy Robinson's article reads like this. Sony has confirmed its disabled PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now subscriptions stacking ahead of the revamp of its membership services this summer. In an update to its official PlayStation Plus FAQ page made on Friday, the platform holder claimed it had blocked subscription stacking temporarily and confirmed that going forwards, any voucher codes will be redeemable until after an existing membership expires. In addition, Sony said that for existing subscribers, vouchers will now convert to time equivalent to the monetary value of their subscription. For example, a one-month PlayStation Plus voucher will provide access to approximately three weeks of PlayStation Plus Extra or approximately 2.5 weeks of PlayStation Plus Premium. A one-month PlayStation Now voucher will provide access to approximately three weeks of PlayStation Plus Premium. Quote, as we prepare so to... It's so dumb, and I do I do have a graph that'll explain everything, all right? We got a chart, so don't worry, everybody. We love when, when companies roll out the charts. Quote, as we prepare to launch the new PlayStation Plus membership service, we are doing some work behind the scenes to make the transition as smooth as possible for all of our existing members. The FAQ update reads, quote, as part of this work, we've temporarily disabled stacking memberships for existing customers until after the launch. Rest assured that your, your voucher code is still valid and you will be able to redeem your code either when your existing membership expires and deactivates 
or after the new PlayStation Plus service launches in your area, whichever happens first, end quote. It adds, quote, if, you're cur- if you currently have a PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now membership, due to the changes we were making to the service prior to launch, you won't be able to redeem a voucher code for that service until your existing membership expires and deactivates or after the PlayStation Plus service launches in your area, whichever happens first, end quote. A large number of PS4 and PS5 owners have complained of being un- unable to extend memberships over the last few days, leading to suspicions that Sony had disabled PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now stacking, although this wasn't a officially confirmed until today kevin has brought up the chart i was referring to and if you if you are listening right if you're a listener and as i was reading through the story you're like man that sounds confusing that sounds convoluted the chart makes it even more confusing and convoluted let me tell you but it, it basically translates to hey if you have a certain if you have like a certain uh ps now voucher right if you have the one month voucher the three month voucher the 12 month voucher there is there is a conversion rate that they have mapped out here for you because it is based on it is based on money and time basically they don't want to do the one for one thing that xbox does they want to gouge every money out of you uh tim what's your reaction to this kevin would it be possible to give me the one if not i'll just it would, one, it would, one, no it would give me one second okay. kevin's gonna figure it out because he's because i, please I do, do want the tim please one do. for this Please do, uh, uh, because I, uh, I can I can see it in Tim's face that Tim mm-hmm. has shit to say. I do, I do. Okay, excellent. This is is this right? Can you guys look at Kevin? Yeah, you're there. Kevin is, is doing magic at work. Give look me at one, second. one look second. At, look at this man making Why making things happen. It's so fun. It's so fun looking at this, right? And, and to recap for people who have been listening over the last day, right? It seems like the big updates here are again one PlayStation is acknowledging that yes, they are they have cut off the 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 um, stacking for the vouchers, and then two. You know, if you listen to PS Love You that went up this morning, we were having the back and forth of, no, I think it is going to be the case of once the new PlayStation Plus activates, then they will allow stacking again. And this is their confirmation of that. There wasn't confirmation of that yesterday, but it seems like that is the case. Um, Where are we at with the one? It looks like we're almost there. looks like we're almost there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. You got it. Tim, take the floor. There is nothing more annoying than a I told you so, motherfucker. But today, I feel like fucking some mothers, okay? Because I told y'all, I fucking told y'all. You came at me a couple weeks ago on Games Daily when I said, this isn't going to last. You're not going to be able to just stack this. And all of you, all of you tweeted at me. I saw it in the chat coming at me. I saw it in the comments on YouTube coming at me. of like, Tim, but they said that you can't. They said that they're allowing you to do this. I told y'all they weren't going to allow you to do this. It just doesn't make sense. They're going to cut it off. Why would they let you stack this shit for a fraction of the price? Of course, people are going to write headlines about this, and it's going to go from not a problem to everybody talking about it, and then it's a problem, and then they're going to do something about it. And this is what they did. Jesus Christ, protect your mothers. You heard you heard it here first from Tim's mouth to your mother's ears. Jesus Tim, God damn. Yeah, this, Nana- this is stupid. It's convoluted as all hell. And that chart's dumb. Charts are dumb. All this is dumb. But hey, it was inevitable. You, you would have thought that like we would have figured it out by now. If you need a chart to explain your service, then your service is too complicated. Like it's too convoluted, right? Like 
figure out a way to explain it that doesn't need a chart and then you found the sweet spot name of biologist is written in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says so we got the conversion rate for the new ps plus and why is it so needlessly complicated while also just not mentioning what happens if you have both ps now and ps plus from initial from initial glances the conversion rates seem like they're based on price sixty dollars for a year of ps now equals half a year uh plus or minus a day of ps plus premium while their competitor xbox has a conversion rate of one for one for initial sign up from gold to game pass ultimate a five dollar month a month loss for xbox in addition to the regular one dollar one dollar slash first month deal uh or at this point with all the missteps of this rollout to date are we just getting mad at one more thing that actually kind of makes sense even though it's not the most fair to fans because we believe the transfer would be one to one at launch particularly for ps now to ps plus premium tim Mm -hmm. are we getting too mad Yes, absolutely. This like here's the thing. This chart's complicated because they offer a lot of things. There's a one month, there's a three month, there's a 12 month. So yeah, when you have to get all that information across to all these stupid motherfuckers out there, <laughs> it's gonna be convoluted. It's gonna be a lot. This just, just pisses me off so fucking much. God damn it. But yeah, no, when it, when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, this is this is a messy, messy thing. PlayStation has made a lot of mistakes when it comes to the rollout of this in terms of making it an exciting prospect. Yes. And this is just more things for us to look at and poke at and just be like, this is stupid because it's fucking stupid. But are we making too big of a deal out of it? One thousand and a half percent. Yes. It's like I I'm right there with you that, you know, we somebody read, wrote in yesterday, right, asking if like is this cruel or like is it like are you still optimistic about ps plus and i'm of the place of i don't I, cruel i think is still putting it too much right <laughs> i think it's mean right i think it's unneeded and i think it's an unforced error that i think it was very predictable <laughs> like yes they're going to do this because they're playstation and they know what they're worth right they know you're going to pay for ps plus they know you need ps plus because you're gonna, gonna play online um and they know they're not, they're not gonna lose fans over this you know they're not gonna lose 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 a player base over this you know what they're gonna do is they're not gonna they're not gonna lose more money <laughs> is the thing because as they had it opened up for you to stack and hopefully get that conversion rate in there they were losing money i think what you see or what they were seeing was, hey, at the start of it, we're not going to make a big deal because certainly not many people are going to take advantage of this. But over time, right, over the last couple of weeks, you see articles come out. You see people po- make posts on Reddit, make posts on forums and go, hey, you can, like, get a deal right now if you go ahead and stack these memberships. And I think they see enough of that happen to where they go, ah, oh, fuck. All right, yo, shut this down. Don't let them, don't let them do this shit, right? Like, and again, that's unfortunate. It's mean, right? And it's also business. And PlayStation is a business, and that's the unfortunate reality of it. Um, I, I think love that you keep saying it's mean. <laughs> I, isn't I? I think it's mean because we've <laughs> seen, we've seen people do it. We've seen people do it the other way. I don't think it's mean in just the sense that like they no they never said that you could do this. People just assumed it, and that was right. I mean, they, well, that's people that's were the doing motherfuckers it. came at me with this. They said that your shit will roll over. So people are like, well, they said it will roll over. So if I just keep buying more, that's all going to roll over. And I was like, it's not going to fucking work that way, guys. At least I, not for long. I say it's mean in the way that, like, this is not a, a decision that is going to support the consumers in any way. Right. And it doesn't no, have to it, be. But also is it anti-consumer. It, yes. Is it yeah. pro-business? Yes. Are they and the reason I say it's mean is because we've had it the other way. Right. Where you see the one dollar thing for Xbox Game Pass. You've seen like how generous that deal is that by comparison. Yeah. Like this feels not doing as well as Sony is in this in this 
and I and I one hundred percent agree. But I think that's where the emo- the emotion comes out of the people that are part of the audience that like see this and go, "What the fuck?" I think that "What the fuck" comes yeah, from seeing other people do that. It's silly to like be like, "Hey, man, I really like a list, but I like Cinemark. I'm mad because Cinemark doesn't have a list." Like, you know what I mean? Like that <laughs> that doesn't make I hear sense. You. Yeah, Cinemark's I hear you. thing sucks. It's terrible. It Someone needs to Horrible. talk to Cinemark about it. Yeah. Hey, Mr. You, Cinemark. Hey, Mr. Cinemark. The, the other half of it for me uh, is the fact that I think this could have been a thing that was more exciting. I think PS Plus, the, the new revamped PS Plus, could have been marketed and treated in a way that would have gotten people hype if they had the right talking points behind it, if they made better decisions with the rollout. I don't I don't think it had to be this thing that was middling to frustrating for some of the players, right? Like, because I look at this and I'm like, yeah, I'm not fucking like, I don't think this is cruel. I don't think this is like fucked up or whatever, but I'm very unexcited about the new PS Plus, right? Like, I'm not like hyped. I don't look at the, and they're going to announce the library someday. And when I see the library, maybe they'll someday. be someday. <laughs> even when even when I think about the prospects of what the library could be, right? And like I look at the leaks and I look at um the games that apparently have expiration dates on PlayStation Now and all this stuff, right? Like I look at that and I'm like, yeah, I know what this is gonna be. Yeah, this is gonna be it's gonna be the it's gonna be just a switch up and it's gonna be a new way to experience PS Now and PS Plus. And it's not necessarily gonna be that much better. You know, I think it's gonna be better by the fact that they're adding in PS2 and PS1 games, but I don't think this is gonna be a revolution of what PlayStation was. Um and I think that is the thing for me where they could I, I I don't think it would have been that crazy for them to turn it into a thing that was more exciting if they rolled it out better. But the rollout is just frustratingly bad for me. Um but it is what it is. It is what it is, Tim. You know where you can get a great deal, Tim. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsor. Hey, computer people, announced at CES and available now, the latest generation of Razer Blades feature all new NVIDIA GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs and up to an RTX 3080 Ti featuring a suite of cutting edge features to improve gameplay, including NVIDIA Reflex. NVIDIA Reflex delivers the ultimate competitive advantage, the lowest latency, the best responsiveness. Get the competitive edge you need at sub 25 milliseconds. And I asked the one, the only, the Nitro Rifle. Andy Cortez is that good? And he said, ooh wee, sub 25 milliseconds is great. And I said, that's fantastic. Acquire targets faster, react quicker, and Increase aim precision in the most competitive games such as Apex Legends, Fortnite, Call of Duty, and more. Learn more about the Razer Blades powered by NVIDIA GPUs with NVIDIA Reflex technology at Razer.com. When I needed a printer, I turned to Twitter and so many of you told me brother was the way to go. For more than a year now, Jen and I have been using our brother printer for immigration paperwork, baby paperwork, and a million other things. It's been great, but you know what printers need? Ink. And while it used to be a hassle to get ink, Brother's Refresh Easy print subscription has made it easy. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a printing plan that is based on the number of pages you print. You choose a monthly plan based on your print volume needs, color, black and white, and all print for one monthly cost. And instead of having to remember to buy replacement ink cartridges, your printer does the work for you through an intelligent ink and toner level monitoring feature that tracks the remaining amount of ink or toner and orders it before you run out. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a convenient, worry-free way to print. Each plan is flexible and you can change or cancel your subscription at any time. So what are you waiting for? Stop running out of ink when you need it most and put your printer to work with the Brother Refresh Easy print subscription 
subscription service by signing up at brother-usa.com slash print with refresh. Again, that's brother-usa.com print with refresh to sign up for the Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service and stop worrying about your ink levels. All right, guys, let's chat skincare. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up your skincare game. Because as it turns out, that regular body wash you've been using that you thought was good enough is probably damaging your skin. But thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your skin. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin, you name it, it's all there. Starting with Lumen is easy. All you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for your skincare needs. Gia's been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh afterward. She has dry skin, so especially during the winter, it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation. Also, she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell. Level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That's L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash kindoffunny for a free trial. Lumenskin.com. To what? Tim. <laughs> Let's let's like did the thing go early? It was what just what was up with that yeah, count? I mean, it, 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 Come and goes five, four, three, two. Oh, all right. But it just doesn't make any sense. All all week it's worked perfectly. Today it just went two seconds early. I don't understand right. how it works. And also, bless. I just to make it uh, just tonight is unbearable weight. Yeah, not North. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got that. Right. I got that. I might, I might come through. Just hit me up. This, this doesn't concern the audience. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking Sto- show, bless. I missed you. I miss you too, Tim. Story number three. Let's lighten up the mood by talking about some Sonic the motherfucking Hedgehog. Uh, Sonic Two is the highest grossing video game movie ever in the USA. This is Ryan Dinsdale again from Wait, the Dinsdale Dimodome at IGN. <laughs> What's that? Can't that, right. that can't be right. You say Sonic Two is the highest grossing. Video game movie. Did I miss out? Oh, the video, video game? game movie. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Not the highest <laughs> movie of all time. The highest grossing video game movie in the U.S. Uh, the article reads like this. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is the highest grossing video game movie ever in the U.S. As pointed out by star Ben Schwartz, the sequel has now outperformed the first Sonic film, the previous record holder. Sonic 2... Here's what, I'm going to explain why I'm, why I'm like messing up right now, right? I read Ben Schwartz. And Tim, mm-hmm. you want to you wanna hear a story that is very me? Yes. It's a very me story. I've been watching Severance, right? I got ha- mm-hmm. I, I was, don't, I was don't loving Severance. Shit. I'm not going to spoil so shit good. in Severance. It's so good. What I am going to say is that I have been conflating Adam Scott and Ben Schwartz for a very long time. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Where I like halfway through Severance, I was like, I can't believe that this is the same guy from Middle <laughs> Division. <laughs> from Middle Division Schwartz. I can't believe he has this range. Legitimately, that was a thought that I, that I had. And then I had to look it up. I was like, "There's how no way." They they look very different. I don't I don't know how it happened. They're, I don't know how it happened. Similar right. tier of, of of actor, I would I say. I think they're yeah. similar tier. They no, might have similar body types. I, I have no, no idea. Come on, guys. Uh, what's his face is way better. Not Ben Schwartz, the other one. Adam Scott. Adam Scott's way. Better. Schwartz is great though. I, I mean, have you seen fun. Middle Edition Swartz? He, uh, no, I haven't. I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. You keep saying it very quickly, and it's very confusing. <laughs> middle di- Middle Ditch and Sw- it's their uh, their improv show. There's a dude named Middle Ditch. They just improv with. It's on Netflix, it, it. and it's is fantastic. Is that the guy from? It doesn't matter. Let's keep moving. Who's the guy? Which one of them? Because this is this. I don't know which was which is which. Which one of them plays the devil in the Good Place? That has to be Ben Schwartz. Kind of funny. Dot com. So that you're wrong. I never saw the end of The Good Place, so I didn't meet the devil. 
I think it was like season one. Adam, no, wait, that was Adam Scott. Adam Scott. He Holy shit! The devil, does Adam he? Scott then does have great range if that is the case. Holy shit! He does. Yeah. That is incredible. Anyway, yeah, back Adam to the news story. As pointed out by Star Ben Schwartz, not Adam Scott, <laughs> the sequel has now outperformed the first Sonic film. The previous record holder. Sonic 2 has hit $147 million in counting, compared to the original's $146 million. Sonic 2 didn't conquer the global market, but still did pretty well, making $287.8 million according to Deadline. While still an impressive amount, the film falls short of 2016's World of Warcraft, which made $439 million. Tim, the Sonic 2 takeover continues. I love to see it, man. It's the best news ever. CinemaCon happened the last couple of days and Paramount did their thing and it was all led off by Ben Schwartz as Sonic the Hedgehog, like talking shit about all the other uh, um, companies, which is mm. just fucking everything I've ever wanted in life. I love that this is the world we're living in, that we're getting good Sonic movies. We're just going to keep getting more of them. Let's fucking go. Tim, what is next for video game movies? Like what next, what next IP do you think reaches this height? Is it Mario? Yeah, I mean, I think I keep saying this, but I think we're just in the era where we we have we're in phase one to go back to it of the Marvel thing. We're in phase one of good video game movies. Like mm. we're not going to be getting the crazy. We're not getting the Thor Ragnarok yet of video game movies, but like they're setting the groundwork here. We're building towards it. I think we're going to get my prediction was we're going to get more good than bad media properties of video games in the next year. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I'm very glad that Sonic 2 is killing it. I'm very excited for the future of Sonic movies, which is a thing I never thought I'd say um, that I get to say now. And yeah, like I'm I'm actually coming off of Sonic 2 and then also coming off of like Detective Pikachu and previous movies that we've gotten. I'm actually very excited for video game movies, which is a thing that I've never been. Like I've always been very critical. Like even when the last was HBO thing got announced, I was like, do I want to see a, a, a video game that's already very cinematic translated to TV, right? It being HBO, it having Neil involved, it um, them putting out the still shots and like doing the great casting has me excited. I am like, okay, cool. If they're going to do it, at least they're doing it right, right? And even for Metal Gear Solid, that was a, that's a thing that's been announced for a while, right? Like that's another one where I am like, oh man, how do they do Metal Gear Solid as a movie? That is a, that, that is a thing that doesn't excite me, but I'm excited to see those first trailers, right? I'm excited to see even more casting, right? I'm excited to see what that looks like. And if they're able to nail that, then that's going to be huge as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. It feels like Sonic 2 is just the start of video game movies getting even bigger and bigger. And if we get a Super Mario Brothers movie that exceeds that, followed by a Last of Us HBO show that exceeds that quality and exceeds even the 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 numbers even though i know they're not comparable because tv versus movie but if you see that have crazy numbers then if, if you see a Gear Solid movie come out and be excellent and have this same level of, of popularity i think that is such an exciting what you call phase one yep tim let's round out the mm -hmm. report with our final news story story number four playstation hires former kabam and zynga executives to mobile business this is danielle pardis at gamesindustry.biz PlayStation has added two new senior hires to its mobile division this month. Kabam veteran Chris Davis as senior director and head of mobile business development and former Meta and Zynga executive Olivier Cortemanche as head of mobile products. Davis spent over seven years at Kabam, most recently as its vice president and business development managing M&A, uh, licensing and partnership efforts as noted by mobilegamer.biz. Prior to PlayStation, Cortemanche spent nine, nine months at Meta as a product manager and six years as director of product at Zynga. The studio has also tapped other mobile-centric talent in the, in the last year as it seeks to expand its offering in the space, including former Apple Arcade content head uh, Nicolas 
Sebastiani uh, as VP and head of mobile, uh, EA executive Chris Spencer as senior mobile producer, and former Glue producer Elizabeth Dumbreek as mobile product manager. Last May, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan shared the firm's intent to bring some of the studio's iconic IP to mobile in the coming year. And this is a fun one to talk about, especially coming off of PS Love You, which went up again this morning, where, you know, in talking about some of the other efforts that PlayStation is doing, we talked about the game preservation team, right? I referenced the mobile team effort or the mobile effort that PlayStation is doing, is doing right? All the hires that are going on there mm-hmm. that we haven't heard about in a while. It feels like it's been a minute since we've actually talked about this stuff and we've not seen much from it yet. Um, it seems cool that like again, they're, they're, they're um, uh, moving forward with it, right? They're hiring more people. They're, 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 uh, uh, moving forward, right? Uh, I'm still curious on, in seeing what this looks like, right? Like, are we going to see full-fledged PlayStation mobile games? Are we going to see, is it going to be like what Nintendo did with like Mario Run? Are you going to see Kratos Run? Like, Tim, where are you at with, play, with PlayStation, <laughs> PlayStation's mobile effort currently? I can't get Please. Adam Scott out of my head, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were laughing at Kratos Run because that, that got that me. Too. That's <laughs> God. Um, yeah, no, you're bringing up good points here. I don't know. We'll see them eventually. I think PlayStation is, again, they're in this weird place right now where they are um, kind of just fulfilling the promises they've made the last couple of years with their their core titles. And then on the other side, we get a bunch of these blog updates about the PS Plus changes and all that stuff where they're not officially making it a big deal quite yet. At this point, I don't necessarily think they're ever going to. Like, I don't think we're going to get like a state of play in June that's like, here's how PS plus has changed and here's all the games and here's why it's exciting. Like, I just don't think they're going to do that. I think this is kind of just like behind the scenes kind of work going on. So then applying that to all of their, their different initiatives. I I don't know when we'll see the fruits of this labor, but I don't expect it anytime soon necessarily. Like I think uh, we're going to get the next slate of PS five games kind of announced and worked on. And I think that this stuff might be the next uh step mm-hmm. in the blog posts you know what i mean we just start getting little updates here and there about like what they're they're working on but i don't think we're going to get a a kratos run or something like that in 2022 i feel that yeah like i i my expectation for it is to be what you're talking about right like the slow updates like i think it will be on a random tuesday there will be a playstation blog post that is Here's Astro Run. I think Astro Run, Astro Bot probably makes a better fit for the run game. Here's Astro Run uh, coming to your mobile device near you or whatever. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll start with that, but I think it will probably start with the biggest IPs and then going down. I think it'll be similar to what we saw, what we see a bit with PlayStation Productions, right? The movie effort of hey, here's the Uncharted movie. Here's a Ghost of Shima movie coming up. Here's uh, uh, the last Swiss HBO show. Here's Twisted Metal, which feels random, but hey, we'll see what they do with that, right? Like I think you'll see a similar level of an uncharted mobile game followed by the god of war followed by the stuff that makes the most sense for how you keep your ip active right what ips make sense what are the ips that are active what are the ones that you want to uh, continue to promote and continue to to uh, uh, let live right and then i think you then dig down and see like what are what are the other cool things we can do from there um but like i'm really i'm really looking forward to it just just so i can see what it is right not because i'm a mobile game person necessarily uh but i do want to see how they tackle it because i think it could be interesting but tim yeah. that future the mobile game future for PlayStation is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. 
out today. We got D&D and Randy DX for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Nintendo Switch Sports for Switch. Deadly Dozen Reloaded for PC. Ravenous Devils for PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Micro Pico Racers or Micro Pico Racers for Xbox One. And then Prune Plus is out today for Apple Arcade. We have one new date for you. This comes from VGC. Blizzard will reveal a Warcraft mobile game next week. The title is set to be announced on May 3rd. Uh, deal of the day for you. Microsoft has announced that May 2022's Games with Gold are Yoku's Island Express, The Inner World, The Last Wind Monk, uh, Hydro Thunder, Hurricane, and Viva Pinata Party Animals, which I think is honestly a pretty decent month uh, for, compared to what we've gotten before with, with uh, Microsoft Games with Gold recently. And so, like, Wait, Yoku's. What, what the fuck is Hydro Thunder Hurricane? I mean, it's just another Hydro Thunder game, right? Isn't that the one for like I mean, 360? What's y'all about just another Hydro Thunder? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't. I can't tell them from each other because I was never like that big of a Hydro Thunder person. I was oh, more wow. in a wave race myself. You know what I mean, Tim? Yeah, I, I, I do know what you mean. But Hydro Thunder on the N64 was rad. But yeah, looking at Hydro Thunder Hurricane, you're right. It's the Xbox 360 one that I guess I just missed. And man, there is nothing more 360 generation yep. looking than this. It is way too grim dark for its own good. Yep, yeah, 100%. I think I might have it on my Xbox already. I think that's how I know it's that one because I think I played it, which I don't know why I would own it unless they put it out for Games of Gold before. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Did they put it out for Games of Gold before? Because I have that game for some reason. Uh, let me know. But Yoku's Island Express is dope as hell too. Like that is a pinball Metroidvania. And I played a little bit of it. They had like a demo on Switch that I really liked. And my friend Alex Van Aken over at Game Informer uh, really loved that game and would talk nonstop about it when it came out. Um, and so if you have games of gold, I'll definitely recommend at least getting Yoku's Island Express. And then if you're a Viva Pinata person, you have that. And then if you're a Hydro, Hydro Thunder person, you got that too. So mm -hmm. Viva Games with Gold. Tim, <laughs> now it's time. For reader mail, of course, you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and get your questions read on the show, just like Nevin's Island did. Uh, Nevin's writes in and says, with Xbox and Bethesda announcing their showcase, who else do you think joins in during the E3 timetable? I hope we see a square pre presentation because I am dying for Final Fantasy 16 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2 news. Tim, who's going to join in on the Summer Game Fest festivities? I don't know. I have nothing interesting to add here because I feel like it is just shooting in the darkest we've ever been in when it comes to this. Like it literally could be everyone. It could be nothing. I, I said it earlier. I have my fingers crossed that it's going to be more organized than than ever. And I want to believe that that's true. Like I feel like Jeff Keighley has been the right amount of quiet, if that makes sense, about Summer mm -hmm. Game Fest where I almost feel, and again, this is just all fucking like weird gut thought stuff, but I almost feel like in prior years, he was drumming up Summer Game Fest hype a lot more because he needed to. Like, he had to make it a thing. I kind of feel like it's a thing now, and they, everyone knows and understands what it is, especially with E3 gone, that I'm kind of hoping that this, it just comes with a proper, like, boom, motherfuckers. This is yeah. Game Fest. Here's the schedule. Here's how it's all going to line up. But maybe that's just being a little too hopeful. But we already know EA is not going to be a part of it. We already know that um, Xbox has its date. Using that as just kind of like rough information, I don't think it's going to be this end-all, be-all thing. Oh, and speaking of that, by the way, something I haven't seen enough people talk about is I feel like it was the most slam-dunk um, hypothesis that we were going to get Jedi Fallen Order 2 at Star Wars Celebration announced and then see a deeper dive in the summer sometime at uh, mm. EA Play or something. EA Play, not happening. And uh, the Star Wars Celebration panel schedule was put up and nowhere 
would uh, mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order thing fit? They could always add something last minute at any moment. They could literally just get on stage and be like, we're doing a game, more information here, and that's fine. But I, I thought it would come from like a games panel or something, and there's yeah. only a Star Wars Hunter panel. So all that's kind of like up in the air for me. I still believe that game's happening. I still believe it's coming this fall. Where are they going to talk about it? We know that just, really just talk about it at Xbox at the I, game showcase. I think they actually talk about it at this point. My bet is at the uh, summer game fest keynote, mm, the whatever the fuck the kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I see that was the thing that I, I forgot about, right? Like the summer game fest kickoff thing that Jeff Kelly did for the first time last mm-hmm. summer. Like that is the thing that certainly he'll want to do again, because I think that saw so much success, especially with him having games like tiny, tiny Tina's wonderlands and then closing with Elden ring. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was that turned into a big event for him that I think he would for sure want to replicate, especially now that E3 is gone. I think right now the iron's hot. You got to strike it. Um, and so for sure, we're going to see that. I imagine that we'll have a Ubisoft forward. I think that makes sense. I think Ubisoft is down to attach themselves to that summer period, even if it, if it is with Game Fest or not. I forget if they have a history with Game Fest. I remember talking about one year how they didn't. Uh, associate themselves with game fest maybe they end up doing it this year or maybe they just stick to doing their own thing but still have it in that summer slate i can see either happening um square enix would be interesting i feel like Mm -hmm. they have stuff to talk about right but like they've also just had a shaky they've had shaky conferences in the past i remember was it last year that it was last year where they did final fantasy stranger paradise and guardians of the galaxy and none of neither of those showed that well and then they also had babylon's fall which didn't show that well and those games ended up coming out being what they were right guardians was good um stranger paradise is all right and then like babylon's fall was terrible but i wonder if there are any learnings from that where they maybe go hey maybe we no. shouldn't do this or maybe we should do no. it better square doesn't learn <laughs> you think they're just gonna honestly we, I, I talked about this yesterday where i'm like what is going on with square because square is such a weird company in terms of their output yep. no consistency no consistency at all but that's that's the consistency is we can expect that mm. we can expect just utter nonsense and at any moment it could be the most hype thing in the world but chances are it's just gonna be a bunch of nonsense back to back and the most bizarrely paced trailers and the way they talk about their games is weird everything about square's presentation so far gets like an f minus for me uh but mm. One day, maybe that'll change. I'm not holding out hope for that, though. But yeah, you're right. Like, we are a little overdue for some Square info. However, I think that the the Square info we're looking for is more likely to be at a PlayStation event than a Square event mm, itself. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got a Ubisoft forward in a while, it feels like. Um, so I think getting some updates from them is is almost overdue. But I think yeah. they're, they're still a little ways away for, for that to be the case because they... Ubi... While we don't know everything they're working on, we kind of do. You know what I mean? It's like there's not like too many big like curveballs that we're expecting at this point. I, I think there's enough for them to talk about though, right? Like you have Mario and Rabbit, Sparks of Hope that is supposed to come out I think this year, and so I'm sure they'll do like a re-reveal of that and like a I forget if that has a, a release date. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if it does or if, if it doesn't. Um, but I'm sure if it doesn't, then they can give it one. Or if it does have one, then you just you know double down. Um, whatever the next assassin's creed is right like they can talk about that they can talk about what's next they, they can maybe update us on beyond good and evil too or maybe just continue to not um there is like a bunch of stuff that's in the air in terms of their free-to-play stuff too like what's going on with the x defiance of the world and the uh division heartlands of the world and all all those ones like i think there's enough for them to talk about and update like roller champions i'm sure there will be a dlc update for riders republic like i think there's so uh, avatar uh frontiers of pandora there's so much for them to talk about and so i think for sure for sure we're overdue for a um a ubisoft forward and i think summer like june will probably be the right right time to do it my question for you tim is do we see a nintendo direct 
we got to see a Nintendo Direct at some point. I feel like they haven't necessarily always hit that summer spot. So I don't know if it'll be part of Summer Game Fest. Um, I think they might have limited uh, presence in the Summer Game Fest kickoff show. Uh, but a direct mm. itself, I'm not so sure. They're another one that's in a weird place where, like, they've already kind of like mentioned a lot of the the updates, like we, Breath of the Wild getting delayed. Like that's already out there. Like we already know kind of the movings and shakings of Xenoblade moving up and uh, Advance Wars having its new date. Like questions have been answered for Nintendo uh, for the most part. I do think that there's going to be some unannounced stuff for fall uh, that they have to announce somewhere. But I don't know that there's enough for them to have a full direct. Um, but it's Nintendo, man. Never count them out. Do you think they? Oh, I man, I was gonna, I was gonna mention E3, but I keep forgetting E3 is actually canceled, right? Because I remember last time, um, leading into Breath of the Wild, they did do the thing where Breath of the Wild was the focus, and then you got to have press come through and demo Breath of the Wild for a while, and then come back and talk about it. You would think that if Nintendo was to do a direct, it would be the, hey, let's do the Breath of the Wild two breakout, right? Like that is our next up, like big gigantic release we have coming coming up in in spring, and it seems like timeline wise that times out the same as when of the last E3 going into Breath of the Wild 1. Um, I would figure they 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 talk about that. And then maybe it is everything else is more smaller stuff or like re-updating us on projects that they have coming out. Well, we, just, three, we, we have a, and all that stuff. Yeah, we have a pretty locked next couple months. That's the thing is like we got Mario Strikers coming in June. We got Xenoblade. We got uh, Splatoon 3. Like we just have Advance Wars. We have so many things that we already know about that are just lined up. Boom, boom, boom. That like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a standalone direct that focuses on uh, Xenoblade or right. uh, no, one of the one of the titles I'm talking about, the, gotcha. the incoming ones. Um, but then it does kind of leave a like October to December void of releases that doesn't seem to be nintendo's mo they always have something um those months so um i i wouldn't be surprised if we get like zelda uh, twilight princess and uh wind waker oh ports. yeah um if we Good got one. the fabled metroid prime trilogy like there's just a lot of things that i wouldn't be surprised if were officially announced and like boom they're coming this fall um and i also i I feel like there's one big Nintendo game that we don't know about yet that is going to come out this year. I don't know what it is, whether it's a new Mario, a new Donkey Kong, something. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be something that's a little bit of a bigger deal that gets us, gets us excited. Uh, oh, and they have Pokemon. Prix. We already know about Star Fox Grand Prix. I love. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we already know that uh, we got Pokemon coming. So I guess that does even take some would, of the end of the year. Would that happen at Nintendo Direct? Pokemon? <sighs> It's another one of those things where there's no rules. They have their Pokemon presents and they have their Pokemon stuff, but like, I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think that they need to do a direct uh, just for that because yeah. they will do one just for that down the line. That won't be in summer, though. Tim, now it's time mm-hmm. for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Hard to find, writes in and says, earlier, Bless mentioned it being spring, but just to clarify, it is indeed backlog season. Uh, if you just sniff outside, you could actually smell it. Uh, thank, hard to find. Thank you so much for that correction. Uh, that's a very good one. Uh, Nano writes in and says, Ben Schwartz played Jean Ralphio in Parks and Rec, uh, was in the worst. after party, and Space Force. <laughs> Thank you for that, Barrett. Uh, very, Cisa, very limited range on all those characters. They are very similar, all three of them. Just a and you up. know what? And you know what? He They're does great. them all very well. Very well. He pl- he plays that character very well. But yeah, yeah, no, Adam Scott is the one with the range. I'm sorry, Ben Schwartz, but you play Sonic, so you're better in my heart. Um, even though, whew, Severance, what a show, what a goddamn show. So uh, 
CISA says Hydro Thunder Hurricane was or has indeed been included in Games with Gold before, specifically in September 2017. Thank you for that. Is that weird for it to be in Games with Gold twice? Who knows? It's been five years. Who cares? Uh, Nano then writes in and says Sparks of Hope is still listed at uh, as 2022. So no uh, concrete release date for that one. And that is it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. It is Friday, which means you have a new week of hosts coming up. On Monday next week, you're getting me and Tim. That's right. We're back at it like a bad habit. Tuesday, you're getting Greg and Gary Widow. Wednesday, you're getting me and Janet. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Tim. And on Friday, you're getting Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Fortnite with Mike and the crew. Uh, if you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>